So let's let's just get straight into it, hey? Um, so, yeah, like I said uh, this morning, uh, I'm expecting about today's word. And, you know, we've been, our, our theme has been in and around over fear. And, you know, I just love how Paul reminds Timothy and to Timothy that God has not given you what? He has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of um, power, love, and sound mind. And it is, you know, I think it's a timely word for us as a church because you just got to turn on the media. You've just got to turn on, uh, just go onto Facebook. And if it just feels like there's so much fear, there's um, a bit of anxiousness surrounding uh, culture and society at the moment. And I just think what a timely reminder for us as a church that, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And the Greek word for fear that Paul uh, uses there actually means timidity. And, and so God, in this time and in this season, that God actually doesn't want us to be timid, but there's actually something of calling. There's something of faith. There's something of power, love, and sound mind that uh, the Holy Spirit actually wants us to step up and rise into and, you know, even just before that, he says to Timothy, stir up the gift, fan into flame, excite the gift that God has placed on your life. And I just think that this is a time and a season for the church, not just us, not just Groundswell, but the church to actually excite the gift, to stir up the gift and the grace that God has placed in us and through us. And um, and it's time to, to actually be light. And I just think, you know, when I think about what's happening, I just think the church is positioned, that the church exists for such a time as this. And so, you know, this morning, uh, my heart and my prayer is that may the church be unified. May we, the church, move together as one, with one heart, with one mind in this time and in this season. And so, you know, make sure you're commenting just to make sure, you know, I am still coming through. Uh, we are still live. And, and so, you know, we, uh, I've just been, I don't know if you follow us on social media, but I've just been um, posting some posts lately and um, some of the, even my own reading, which haven't been delivered just following what I'm reading in the Bible. Uh, there's been a lot of talk around peace. And um, and uh, if you, I think some of you did follow, follow in your comment, uh, one, of the, one of the words, the Greek words that Paul uses for peace is arini. There you go. I could be Greek. Maybe it should be international talk, talk like a Greek day. Um, which is Irene, and, and it's very similar to the Hebrew word shalom, which is, it, it actually means like a complete peace. And so when Paul is talking about peace in the New Testament, he's talking about this peace that settles upon our mind, a peace that settles upon our spirit. And there is so much noise at the moment. Um, you know, I've just recently come back onto social media and, and it's hard to filter through all the through all the chatter that is going on and you know and when I was just you know praying into this season and, and I guess you know where God is wanting to lead us as a church yeah uh, when I when I track back to the seasons that we've had uh, you last year there was so much isolation hey that was the term and we shortened it to ISO 
And, and as a nation, as a society, we were dealing with this concept of being isolated. And, you know, I really believe that isolation is not from heaven. It's not, not a thing from God. And, you know, yeah, we've had to do it, but, you know, we're designed for community. We're actually designed for relationship. And, and, and so, you know, our, our theme for the year, that what we felt God was saying prophetic was a word proximity, which closeness in space time and relationship and you know really heart and in our spirit in whatever way we can is being creative in connecting with one another in actually you know yeah we're in our homes at the moment we're in isolation but we can text we can call we can bring people to zoom and i just love that we do have technology at our disposal to be able to connect with people and encourage and build into people um, and, you know, isolation. Words that's going out at the moment is fear, and and it is it, it, times really uncertain at the moment, and people are grappling with you know what this season looks like. Uh, how do we walk this season? How do we walk this season well? And you know, I guess one of the words that I, I feel like is coming out um, through fear is. Um, not isolation, is division. And I, I just think, you know, we're seeing society, we're seeing um, opinions so divided at the moment. And I really don't think the division is from God. I don't believe division is from God, but, you know, God actually calls us to be unified. God actually wants us to move together um, as one. I love what David writes. Psalms. He, he goes, unity commands the blessing of God. And, and so I just think there is something for us as a church that not to get caught up in the divisions that is happening around society. And, you know, let's call, call it out for, for what it is. You know, the whole conversation around vaccinated and unvaccinated, being unvaccinated um, is a conversation that is dividing and tearing our, our nation apart at and I just think we as a church have a unique opportunity to actually establish something kingdom that despite your opinion, despite where you stand on these two, um, on this issue, that together we can actually build something kingdom. Together we can actually keep our minds, our hearts, our thoughts actually fixed on Jesus and together we can unify and actually build something that will actually impact and change culture and society that is around us. And you know, as I was, you know, just through and just prepping for this week, um, it, it is not new to church. All throughout church histories, there have been issues. There have been certain times that um, issues that around culture and um, society, even in the political sphere, has tried to come in and divide the church. Um, we look at Acts and in the book of Acts, we're seeing this rapid expansion of God's kingdom. And, you know, they didn't have any books or manuals of leadership on how to run churches, on how to manage people. Uh, they were all doing it on the fly and following the Holy Spirit and Jesus example and so there is a moment that you know we're seeing greeks we're seeing romans 
seeing this massive expansion of the kingdom of God that started in the Jewish community, but then began to expand everywhere. And then we're seeing the what they call the Gentiles um, coming in and getting saved. And there was um, division amongst the apostles in saying, you know, no, all these new converts, they need to get circumcised. And Paul is sitting here going, what on earth are you talking about? No, what? I have to get circumcised. That is not what Christ would want. And there was division in the very early days where Paul had to confront, you know, Peter on the apostles and saying, no, we need to keep it about Jesus. We need to keep it about kingdom. We can't let divisions divide the church. We can't let divisions creep in and separate the church. We need to keep it kingdom. And then, um, and then you think if that was it, well, you know, there are so many examples in Paul's letters where Paul says, don't let division in. Don't let opinions come in and divide the church. Don't let dissensions creep in among you. And, and so, you know, as I was reading through some of the things I was talking about, you know, there was an example in the book of Romans. And this is where we're going to track for this week and next week um, where there was division in the church. And ready? Try and guess. I want you to comment now. What do you think, without turning to it, um, what do you think would be the division that the Romans were coming up against? I'll give you a moment to, to comment on that. Um, Cell's giving me a really blank look. Um, ready? The division, and this, I, I think this is a division in our household at the moment, was over food. Yes. That is right. Paul had to spend two chapters writing to the Roman church about a division over food. Now, that is my household day in and day out. Oak will tell us everything she doesn't like to eat. Uh, and then you try to do, we've been doing this um, bit of a Friday thing. So Friday for our kids, they get lunch orders at school. And so we thought to make things fun at home, we would do lunch. We'd write our lunch order list. Well, I tell you what, I think that was probably one of the worst things that Chriselle and I could have done because um, there are fights, there are divisions over what to have and what to eat. And so what we read is Paul actually spends two chapters calling the church to unify, not divide, and it, this whole dissension was over food. And so, you know, over what you could eat, um, eating clean foods and unclean foods. And, you know, as I was reading this, I thought, you know, if Paul was writing this letter to the church today, if this letter was being written to the church in COVID outbreaks and all of that, I think Paul would write, don't let the issues of vaccinated, unvaccinated, and divide you rather come together be of one heart be of one mind and so we are going to dive into this I, I love it how um, Paul he takes this issue head on and and that's what I, I really want to do today is you know I want to dive into this whole issue that is ripping the church apart um, and our heart and prayer is for us to be together to move forward together with one heart and one mind. Thank you, Drew, for the encouragement. You know, I'm actually loving this. I feel like we're in church now because people are texting through, people 
implementing through. So this is great. So let's jump into it. And instead of reading, you know, the whole chapter, we're actually going to stop in parts and we're going to pull out just some things and, and some, I guess, um, keys and issues that Paul addresses. And so let's have a look in Romans chapter 14 and in verse 1. And this is what Paul says, offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. Let's stop it right there. Um, You know, if I was reading this, I'd be feeling pretty challenged as a leader in the church with Paul writing that. And if he was writing this letter to me, he'd be like, David, offer an open hand of fellowship to work, welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. And, you know, what I love about this is Paul brings it back. He's saying, you know, church, Romans, you're letting this issue, this debate, this opinion of food stop you. You're letting, you know, you're, Kingdom culture is meant to be different from the culture in the world, that there is something of kingdom culture. There is something about church and the purpose of church with Jesus being the head is meant to be a breath of fresh air to people that is meant to connect people relationally with God and each other. And here Paul is saying you're letting these worldly things into the church. And really what he's saying here is church, eyes off these Um, meaningless debates. Get your eyes off these opinions and these debates that are separating brother from brother, sister from sister. And actually, let's remember why we're here. Why do we do, why does church exist? We're here for Jesus. Jesus is our connector. Jesus is the one that has brought us all together. And here Paul is saying, eyes off what is going on and put your eyes back onto Jesus. I love it where he says, you know, welcome person in and I know you know even for me if I was to talk about for me personally as a leader as a pastor I guess an issue that is causing us a little bit of angst at the moment is this whole issue around vaccine passports and you know we believe that the church the church doors and and as throughout histories need to be open the church doors and I've written this little thing here um, about the church Um, you know, the beauty of the church, you know, where else on earth? And so let's talk about the early church. Where else on earth did you have Jews? You had rich people, you had poor people, you had vulnerable people, you had the widows, you had children. No, why? You had youth, Um, you had the broken, you had Greeks, Romans, you had the circumcised, the uncircumcised, those that held um, rituals to the foods they ate and those that would just eat anything come together to kill them. I tell you, that is the power of the church. It is about us coming together despite your background, despite your past, despite where you are now, despite your race, your skin color sexual orientation, despite whether you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, the church is a place where all people from all different cultures and backgrounds come together with one purpose, one heart. What is our purpose? What is our heart? What is our connector? It is 
Jesus. And I just think what a powerful reminder for us. Let's be unified with our love and heart for Jesus in this season. And let's follow Jesus' example. You know, Jesus didn't walk over people. Jesus stopped and he met with people where they're at. And I just think for us, let's, you know, keep our open let's keep our hearts open in this time and in this season and let's not get caught up in opinions let's not get caught up in divisions in what's going on in the world at the moment you know let's jump through now so then Paul goes on and he talks about you know difference of opinions and it's okay to have your own opinion you know that is totally fine he's not influencing people's opinions he's just saying you know just be careful in how you express them in be careful in not letting your opinion being a stumbling block for others so he goes through and then he goes and I love the subtitle of this so in verse 13 he says walk in love. How cool is that? Walk in love. And so he says, stop being critical and condemning of other believers, but instead determine to never deliberately cause a brother or a sister to stumble and fall because of your actions. So just there, Paul is saying, you know, we need to walk in love. And this is not a time to let opinions, this is not a time to let divisions, um, you know, to, to, to cause other people to stumble. And, you know, Paul here is really just saying, church, walk with one heart, walk with one mind. And we see that in Acts chapter 2, 44, in Acts chapter 4, 32, it says that the church were of one heart and one mind. I'm going to quickly read this. I'm going to jump onto my phone at the moment. And so have a look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 30. It says, all believers, I want you just to say that with me, all believers, some believers all believers were one in mind and heart selfishness was not a part of their community for they shared everything they had with one another how amazing is that you know like we said before we had jews we had um, the broken, we had the widows, we had the singles, we had the families, we had the older generation, we had the Greeks, we had the Romans coming together. And what does it say? They were with one heart and one mind. You know, last week I preached around how Paul said, guard our hearts and guard our minds. We guard our hearts with faith and love and we guard our minds with the hope of salvation. And so while they share the same cultural upbringings, why they probably didn't share the one opinion, you know, they, they share kingdom mindsets, what, what they shared, what's one heart, one mind, there was one faith and one love. When they shared one mind, what was it? There was one hope in salvation. And I think that is a reminder for us as a church, as groundswell, that in this season, let us put aside opinions and let's move with one faith, with one love. Let, let's move forward with the hope of salvation we have because of Jesus. So let's continue on, hey? I could probably preach around this all day, but I'm being very conscious of time. And so let's jump down to verse 17. 
He says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink. I just want to stop it there. I think if Paul was to write that to us today, he would say the kingdom of God is not a matter of being vaccinated and unvaccinated. The kingdom of God is not about vaccine passports. Rather, what is the kingdom of God about? It is in the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, which literally translate here, the Greek word is kindness, peace, and joy. Wow. What is the kingdom of God? It is not divisions. It is not opinions. The kingdom of God is about kindness, peace, and joy. And I'm challenged by that because, you know, in a world that is so noisy, in a world where people, we're getting frustrated. What we're seeing is frustration at each other and, and that frustration is dividing us. Well, our theme for last year was countercultural. Well, how do we be countercultural in this season? Well, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to choose kindness. I'm not going to let frustration be my language. I'm not going to let frustration be my focus in this season. No, I'm, I'm going to choose to be kind, whether it's kindness in my words, whether it is kindness in my actions, whether it's, you know, I want my life to echo kindness in this season. It is peace. And like I said, you know, when Paul writes here the word of peace, it's irony, which is this tranquil, it's this complete peace. And the world is raging. The world is noisy. The world is unsettled. But here, because of my relationship with the Holy Spirit, that I can actually find peace in the chaos of storm. And, you know, the thing about this peace, it's not just for me, but it is for you. The thing about this peace, it is for everyone. And so I know that, you know, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom culture is more dominant than the world culture that we see. And so I know that when I tap into kindness, when I tap into peace, that there's actually an overflow out of my life. You know, kindness can totally change someone's day. Peace, when I, when I can walk with peace, with a sound mind and, and, and my heart, that that peace can actually help calm someone else's storm. And joy, I, I, I shared a verse um, the other day where it talks about letting joy be our feast in this season. You know, joy is a choice and I can choose to let anger or I can choose to let frustration, I can choose to let anxiety rule my heart and my spirit or I can choose joy. I have joy is because of my relationship with God because of my relationship with Jesus. And I want to remind us of that this morning. Let's walk in kindness. Let's walk in peace. And let's choose joy. In the, let joy be our feast in this season. So the last one I want to hit on this morning, and this is creative ways to encourage. And so in verse 19, and we're going to read right through to 23, he says, so then make it your top priority. Say that with me, your top priority. So Paul's saying to us as a church today, groundswell, make it your top priority to live a life of peace and harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking, say that with me, eagerly seeking to encourage and strengthen one another. 
Stop ruining the work of God by insisting on your own opinions about food. It's pretty, it's pretty heavy, hey? Stop ruining the work of God by insisting on your own opinions. You can eat anything you want, but it is wrong to deliberately to cause someone to be offended over what you eat. Consider it an act of love to refrain from eating meat or drinking wine or doing anything else that would cause a fellow believer to be offended or tempted to be weakened in his faith. Keep the conviction you have about these matters between yourself and God and don't impose them upon others. You'll be happy when you don't judge yourself in doing what your conscience approves. But the one who has misgivings feels miserable if he eats meat because he doubts and he doesn't eat in faith. For anything we do that doesn't spring from faith is is by definition sinful. And so what we we are finding here, so before I just track back up to the top of that verse, just a quick thought on that. Um, You know, Paul is addressing that such was the heat of the argument that people were feeling guilty if they ate food that others deemed as unclean. And, and so here Paul is saying, no, that shouldn't be right. And, you know, conversations with people, I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of people and there are people feeling exactly the same today. People are feeling guilty if they've had a vaccine, have been vaccinated because people have strong opinions against and vice versa. There are people who, uh, uh, you know, making that, conscious decision not to get vaccinated and they're feeling ostracized and condemned because they're not they haven't been vaccinated here Paul is saying don't let our opinions cause hurt and pain upon other people other um but this is what we should do let's bring it back to the top make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Eagerly seeking. I love that word that the Passion Translation is here. Paul says, you know, eagerly seek out on how we can encourage others. Eagerly seek out on how we can empower others in this season, not tear people down, not cause fear, not cause confusion, not enforce opinions upon people. But Paul is saying, eagerly Speak out on how we can encourage people. I want to finish with this verse, and it is in Hebrews chapter 10, 35. So Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. And I want us this morning, I feel like that the verse for us it is a verse for me it is a verse for you grab hold of this verse meditate on it um let this verse just you know come in spirit and this is what the writer says so now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us knowing that god always keeps his promises how amazing is that in this time in this crazy chaotic time we must cling tightly the hope that lives. I love that. It lives. We have a living hope. 24, discover creative ways to encourage others and motivate them to, toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works, expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. Say that we need each other. 
It's powerful. I need you. In fact, we should come together more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. I love that. I feel challenged by that. I feel empowered by that. I feel encouraged by that. We must cling tightly to the hope that lives inside of us, discover creative ways to encourage one another and find ways to be able to connect with one another. You know, the thing that set the church apart in the in Acts, the thing that defined the church was the sense of kingdom community. It was unlike anything anyone had encountered on the world before. We see this community that is thriving in Acts 2, and I won't get into it, but Acts 2 from 32 onwards, have a read of it. It talks about this coming together with one heart, with one mind. It talks about how, you know, they were meeting together daily. Here we go. Oak is right now having a division over food. She's saying she does not like the chippies but would rather a bicky. I told you it is a very real issue in our house. Um, you know, what we see is this kingdom culture being established. We read about the church meeting together daily. We, we read about the church, you know, not just coming together in a physical location in a for, for a service, but, you know, they were finding creative ways. Persecution was huge back in the day. So they were finding creative ways in which they could meet. Sounds pretty familiar, hey? And, and they were encouraging one another. Such was the power, such was the impact of this kingdom Unity that is God added daily those that will be saved. And I just think that may that be our testimony. May we come into a time and a place where we see salvations. May we come to into a place where we're finding creative ways in this season to, to be connecting with one another, that we're finding creative ways to encourage. And what's encouraged is to empower with courage. And I want to be an empower of courage in this season. You know, I want to be on the receiving end of be, being empowered with courage. Yeah. And so, you know, I just think let's actually, you know, let's let's be a movement in this season. Let's actually be different to what is happening. Let's Instead of being divided, there is a call to be united. That if we're to overcome fear that is gripping our society, then I need you. You need me. We need each other. We yeah. need to be unified, moving together, not with one opinion. No, we're allowed to have our different opinions. No, we're moving together with one heart, yeah, one faith, one love. We're moving together with one mind, the hope, the living hope of salvation. And together we're going to see something of God's yeah, kingdom. Awesome. God's kingdom, it is beautiful. You know, I, I, I was reading uh, in the passion where Paul is talking about his life and he used this word. He goes, I was kissed by mercy and clothed in grace. Wow. Kissed by mercy and clothed in grace. And, and, and this is a time for people to be kissed by mercy and clothed in yeah. grace in this season. And so I, I want to I pray. I don't know if Chriselle has anything that she wants to add to that, but I want to pray for us this morning. And, you know, I want you to join with me. Just give me a, even just give me like a hands up. Give me a thumbs up. They're saying, you know what, Dave? We with you know we're going we're in this together in this season we're not going to be divided but we're going to stand together to see God's kingdom God's will built and established here on earth 
You know, we're not going to let the issue of vaccinated, unvaccinated separate us. We're not going to let our opinions become our dominant narrative. But our narrative in this season is going to be Jesus, our connector. Our, our, our narrative in this season is going to be one of faith. It's going to be one of love. It's going to be one of hope in this season. So I'm just waiting. I see hands getting raised up everywhere. Thank you so much, church. This is um, really exciting. So we're going to pray. And Jesus, we just honor you. We just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the connector of all people, that through you, through the cross, through um, the resurrection, that you united every race, you reunited every tongue, you united every person. And we just thank you, Jesus, that you are the head of the church and that you are building your church in this time and in this season. We thank you for the promise that you said that you will build a church that not even the gates of hell will be able to stop. And we thank you that the church is not a physical location, but the church is people. The church is people coming together, united in faith, united in love, united in hope, um, walking together to see your kingdom built and established. And Jesus, we just honour you. And I just pray. Holy Spirit in this season. I pray for every person watching, for every person that will watch, that this would be a time and a season that you would just fill our lives with kindness, that there would be a peace that would rest upon every person and that there would be a joy. We even pray that this would be a season that as we find creative ways to encourage others, we we pray that this would be a time and a season of salvation. We pray that the church would be a light for our community. The church would be a light for this region, the Shellhaven, the church in this nation would actually rise up and be a light for this nation, that we would see something of kingdom culture overflow into the places in which we planted. Jesus, we so honour you and we praise you. Amen. <laughs>